0: Hello, welcome to LaWanda's Show. Good afternoon, everyone. This is LaWanda on LaWanda's Show. I am so excited that I have a special guest tonight. We're going to be doing like 10 episodes just talking about James Thomas' life as he goes on this journey of telling us what it was like to grow up in the Washington, D.C. area and tell us all the, how things transition for you throughout your life. And so I just want to basically find out, um, you lived in the Shepherd part of the neighborhood? Shepherd Park. Oh. Shepherd Park. Shepherd Park. Shepherd Park. So, wonderful. So tell me a little bit about Shepherd Park.
1: Well, I just want to just introduce introduce myself to everybody who's listening. And the documentary is this—it's a, a ten-part series. It may go longer, may be shorter. We just don't know. Uh, really, a deliverance uh, of my life and how it was shaped. And from the time that I recollect left, uh, which is it being in a constant state of mind, what was really going on in the neighborhood, what led me to do certain events, I got. In the deep mud of, of addiction, and then how I got the difference in Christ Jesus. So, uh, hopefully, that this documentary will help others who are just
0: like me. Another question for you, Dean. Um, so, tell me why this neighborhood is different from any other neighborhood.
1: Well, as we know, the neighborhood or the people that you are surrounded by uh able to you, move you, and give you a lot of your values as you carry on into your daughterhood. Um, I'm not a true Washingtonian, but my father is, um, he was born in Washington, D.C. My grandparents on this side were born in Washington, D.C., and I usually like to sit around and listen to some of the stories that they used to tell me about Washington, D.C., and the dynamics of Washington, D.C., at the particular time period at which they lived in Washington. Uh, this particular neighborhood was a fluent neighborhood. Um, I don't know if it was a lot of neighborhoods like that in Washington, D.C., at the particular I'm not saying that my neighborhood was the best neighborhood, but as I got older, it started to reflect, and as I started to study history, throughout worldwide history, and also history throughout the United States of America, I found out how unique this particular neighborhood was for Afro-Americans.
0: So in your particular neighborhood, we see D.C. totally different today. And so when you grew up, what well, was it back in the early 70s? As I just said, at the beginning of the 70s, you
1: know, to remember that uh, BC was becoming integrated. At okay. uh, the time I was growing up, it was a black and white city. Uh, predominantly uh, black at the time. Uh, whites were, it was a white flight with integration. Whites were starting to move out in the suburbs. So what makes it so interesting is through my recollection that I remember living in Northeast Washington uh, off of Monroe Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents moved from there, moved to there uh, off of, uh, I'm not wrong, correct. If I'm correct, uh, I think it was Verm- Vermont or something like that, Vernon Place or something like that, away in an apartment mm-hmm. in that U Street corridor. Off oh, 14th Street, is that okay? Uh, like the, the Columbia Road area. They're okay. But basically Hispanic now. But in that area, there was a lot of blacks at that particular time. So DC was very segregated. During that time period, most of the blacks lived in the mm-hmm. Shaw neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then, as immigration started happening, they started to move further uptown. Those who lived in the northwest, those who lived in the northeast, started going out to Maryland, where we know it's Stupid in New Carrington uh, land over Southeast was going on that side of the town. So, this particular neighborhood, getting back to, to alluding to your question, I grew up in the beginning of my uh, recollection as I was a mm-hmm. little boy with the John Burrell. Mm-hmm. from first to about second grade, mm-hmm. and then my grandparents moved on 16th Street, and 16th and Primrose Road, 1629 Primrose Road. Mm-hmm. So on
0: 1629 Tremendorf Road, is that where you got your um, education? Is this where you grew up? Is this the house is this where you stayed all your life? Uh, not all
1: my life, but the, the former years till so I came into my adulthood and we started getting married and then we started moving out. What makes it interesting in this neighborhood, I did not know at the time, were all of the affluent black people that moved in this particular neighborhood. Uh, Shepherd Park was like a utopia for us.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It was a tight-knit community. Uh, Everybody kept the community clean. And most of the people in that community were high-end professionals, meaning that they were doctors, lawyers, professional athletes, uh, radio hosts, TV hosts, owners of hotels, and etc. This was an all-black neighborhood when I came in. Again, this was due to white flight starting around 1968, 69, mm-hmm. where blacks had the right to move in that particular neighborhood, and the whites were selling to the blacks, and they were moving out. Oh,
0: so so it was a white neighborhood prior to prior to
1: that, it was always
0: on 16th Street, right.
1: my 16th Street. yes ma'am my grandfather mm-hmm. told me during the time he was living in, in the Washingtonian that anything past Walter Reed mm-hmm. that's going up 16th Street if you pass that area you either have to be working for somebody by sundown, you had to go back down down to your neighborhood back downtown in the Shaw neighborhood so most of the blacks were seen doing domesticated work drivers so certainly kind of work for white people uh Calvin Coodle was all white. Uh Paul Junior High School was all white. So these are Shepherd Elementary was all white. So the times that my family moved over here, there was the migration of blacks who started to move up in the government, get in better positions and had the affordability to buy these homes and the whites sold it to them. Uh I know like my house, I think it was a German guy named Mr. Took sold the house, the property was 1629 to my grandparents. And I had to be around 1970, 71. I know I I started Shepherd uh, Elementary in third grade.
0: So, James, tell us, just walk us through what it was like to live in Shepherd's Park.
1: Well, Shepherd Park, like I said, it was was a tight group, it was a tight net of people. Uh, All the kids played along. We wanted to governed ourselves. Mm -hmm. That means we did not have a whole lot of adult supervision. Um, it was all black. We may have had a few white students. Um, like I said, we got along with each other. If we had any uh, mishaps, we just settled it. Uh, I was a lax kid. You know, I had a key ball home. I knew what to do. Uh, the community looked out for each other. You would never see any loud music in the neighborhood. You would never see anybody standing there selling drugs or doing none of those kind of things in that community. That was just unheard of.
0: So why do you think that is? Well,
1: I think, I, think, I think the blacks at that time, like I said, they were high in such. So let me let me retract. Mm-hmm. The people that lived in my neighborhood across the street from me, on the White House on Orchid Street, if you know anything about this neighborhood, was Willie Woods. Willie Woods Wood is a Hall of Fame in this recent past. He lived in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, the Darden, his father, on the beginning of Orchid, was uh, on his own link. You had Doctor Chick. Who was the president of Howard University there further up 16th Street? This maybe I think it was North Portal Portal. He lived on the White House there. You had um, Bam McCoy, who uh, uh, started or, or wrote the Song Do the Hustle. And you had Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce, but at that time who went to the urban League. So you had all these professional blacks, who were conscientious blacks about, about what was going on and what was happening. It was at least that set of black people. And most of these black people form, you know, clubs within their race for well, their children called Jack and Jill and Tossing Team. Oh, okay. So this is where Jack and
0: Jill derived from, uh-huh.
1: I'm not gonna say derived from, but most of the kids in my neighborhood were members of that uh, organization, either Jack and Jill or Tossing Team, because we had Char- uh, Charlene Ewing Jarvis, Ernie Jarvis, and Pete Jarvis, uh, Doctor Charles Hugh Jarvis. Charlottes' uh, daughter lived further on East Beach Blythe. Because she lived on Sycamore. So these were the kind of people that lived in this community. You had doctors again, lawyers, professionals, mm-hmm. professional athletes. So they were people that were in tune to what was going on. Um, they had a voice. They were to make sure everything was okay. We never had a home association, but they did have a separate part. And everybody was just governed themselves accordingly that goes back to the answer why this particular neighborhood was different than, than other neighborhoods
0: so do you see a change now that um you see more anglo-saxons moving into the neighborhood that they're basically coming back to the neighborhood originally because that's basically where they came. right you know
1: there's the millenniums who are coming in um uh, you know people i couldn't the fact that about it is that i couldn't even afford to live in the neighborhood that i grew up in and this was related because of the bubble, the market went up so high. My grandparents back in 1971 bought that house for $25,000. Uh, $25,000. So
0: $25,000.
1: $25, and those homes right now on that block, went in eight to nine, across the park, almost a million dollars. So it's a way that you keep this certain uh, economic uh, uh, status up, it's a way to keep certain people out.
0: So now that the neighborhood is changing back to what it was prior to, um, do you see where Blacks are selling their property and, or are white just buying them all up? Well, it's a combination of both because
1: again, you if you don't have a certain amount of money or a certain kind of income, because My my opinion is that we always think white is better, so we're going to chase white Mm dollars. So, you know, we moved from uh, Shaw neighborhood, we moved uptown, from uptown we moved to to Leeds, we went out to Gettysburg, Gettysburg, we went out to Germantown. So, you know, in the white mindset, how far out are we going to go? And some of the millenniums of the day, they had been integrated for years. So they they are accustomed to being around black people and, and working with black people. So at that time, again, it was a
0: black and white community. Mm-hmm. So within your community, what what did you learn by living in this community? How did it affect your life as you got as you aged? In other words, well, it affected my life because the people around that to be successful, and
1: I think we were talking about success earlier. Okay. To be successful, you wanted that. You wanted that single family home. You wanted that family. And it, it's interesting, I never knew when the Bill Cosby show first came out, people that, that was not accustomed to that kind of living thought so that it was a, a falsehood that black live like that. But I grew up around that. You know, two parents in a household, you know, parents uh, 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 talking about education, uh, being home at a certain time, being invested in your children on my block every black male on my street immediately street, graduated from college all of us graduated from college you seem like you were a failure if you did not you did not get an education and you leave your a ba or BSDB at that particular time so you saw that you saw successful people around you so that's what you looked up to and that's what you wanted that's what you thought uh, the american dream was all about
0: So now that we're the blacks are the blacks moving out or are they dying off? The original owners of the um, Shepherd Park, like once they moved in, bought the houses from the whites. Did they remain in these in this neighborhood or are they dying out? Well like you know, my father said, uh
1: we should leave that house but- we're going to sell, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into those things, but a lot of us has uh, been handed off to us is, and we end up selling for um, so whatever reasons it is. I mean, on my block now, my next door neighbor, he just switched past a day he was white and Mexican and the children you know, are selling the house. So, you know, the upkeep is hard, um, you know, the taxes are hard, you know, these are very, very high home. but at the same time, and kinda of, uh the neighbors when there when I was there they didn't pay that kind of dollars for them. and again we went out in the suburbs. So we, we, we put our solid ground in Mitchellville, again, bridge came in those areas and bought nice homes out there, so it was just hard to come back. You already had planted to go seed in the soil somewhere else. And then some people just look at that as a large sum of money. I mean, somebody put eight hundred thousand in your phase million
0: dollars in your face, you you never know what the economic situation of that person or that family was. What would you recommend to someone who wanted to um, live in a neighborhood such as yours, Shepherd Park? What would you do they have to be um, well educated? Do they have to be one of the ones who are um, working in an environment that will pay them top dollar in order to have those types of benefits that will affect their children, children's children?
1: Well, you know, the boy said hi. I mean, again, this is what I was young. This is what I wanted for myself. You know, I wanted to in that neighborhood. I wanted to buy a house in that neighborhood. But again, I couldn't and I, I couldn't afford it. My side didn't need the, the, the needs. So right now, right now, you told about $800,000 out of home, 900000 the mortgage is right for the So, they then going to show you what kind of income you have to make. And two people have to come in and, and make a high dollar
0: a month. So, you were priced out.
1: Basically. Yeah, you are priced out. You ran out. And doesn't—it it done not it many ways. But I'm saying all this about my neighborhood because it helped form me and shape me to the person I am today.
0: So, let's tell us just the tad bit because this is episode one. We have like nine other episodes. Right. You can say to just tell us about the neighborhood. But I didn't get a chance to introduce you, but I would definitely like for you to tell us a little about you.
1: So my name is James Thomas, uh, Elder Thomas, also a.k.a. priest. Mm -hmm. Now, priest means a lot of things. Uh, A lot of people that know me in the street will call me priest. On the professional end, they will call me James Thomas. In the ministry side, they'll call me Elder Thomas. Mm-hmm. So about me, uh, again, I was born in Detroit, uh, my family was from a broken home. I was raised by my grandparents and my father. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did moved up to Shepherd Park, when I was about in third grade, and that's what, you know, uh, everything was forming in my mind. Now, it started to change, and in the neighborhood, we talk about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. In the neighborhood, you have to talk about education.
0: Exactly.
1: Now, in Shepherd Park, we only had one school and that was an elementary school. We didn't have a middle school. We didn't have a high school. Okay. So all the kids were dispersed to different schools outside of the neighborhood. Okay. So you're getting away from the, your, your utopia uh, and going into other areas that maybe you were not accustomed to. And I'm just telling my story. Okay. Half of us, or I'm not going to say half, a percentage of us went to Paul Junior High. Another percentage went to Bill, and another percentage went to private school. Coming out of Shepherd Park and going into Cole, which is another neighborhood. We call that the Brentwood. Is that Brentwood? I'm no, sorry. That's a, not Petwood, but it's on George Avenue. I forgot the name of that neighborhood. You had Emory Park, you had the Comer Park, and you had some other neighborhoods there. Coming out of Shepherd Park, and going into those neighborhoods, not that far from Shepherd Park. Shepherd Park was like in a bubble in our own community. Everybody knew each other, everybody played well together. We may have a couple of bullies, but it, it wasn't nothing like that when my eyes opened when I went to Paul Junior High outside of my neighborhood. I really, it really started opening my eyes and I started seeing other behaviors that I was not used to. So in other words,
0: in, in Shepherd Park and people in school, you were you had it's almost like having tunnel vision that you were like boxed in. You only dealt with the people in your particular neighborhood.
1: Right. I mean, I have seen things. My father worked in far northeast. I seen those rougher communities, mm-hmm. uh, low income communities. But coming out of Shepherd Park, some of the things that we weren't accustomed to, because we did not do it in our neighborhood, okay. such as the first day I went to school, I saw kids that looked like my dad. They were 17 18 year olders in junior high school. In junior I mean, high school? Junior high school were full of bids, looked like men. I also saw bad elements of things uh, people shooting dice, smoking weed, uh, skipping class, being disrespectful to teachers. We never saw that in Shepherd Park. Everybody was respectful, especially to your elders. So I started seeing another behavior of students, another behavior of people, how they act.
0: So how did that affect you?
1: I mean It's like you know, I it, 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 mean cut you off but it's like a lot of ways because I was nice skinned with a big old curly bush. Now that was popular at Shepherd Paul, but the people accept that. Okay. You know, people just knew me as priest, you know, uh played sports, you know, fun loving guy, having fun. But when I went to Paul, it was a different look. Now I'm light skinned, curly hair. People now perceive that I'm soft, that I'm weak that I can be picked on. I look like a girl, so it wasn't cool anymore to basically have that look and try to fit in with the community that you're around right now. Do
0: you think that may have had an effect as to why they may have treated you differently?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lifetime is just ignorance, you know, and we talk about that self-hate within our community, you know, separating the life skins from the dark skin, you know, uh, basically you're out your neighborhood, you're out your element. Again, we, haven't, we, didn't, we didn't do those kind of behaviors. We, we didn't do that in elementary school. So it was a eye waking experience for those who went to Paul Junior High. Some of them did not make it all the way through because their family members took them out. Even the principal at my school lived across the street on the other side of Trent Rose Road. He was the principal of Paul Junior High School during the years that I was there. And that, that school was not very good at all. A lot of people might get mad when I say this. It was a dysfunctional school.
0: So, so you had the principal then across the street from you. On the other side of 16th Street, on
1: the other side of the Road. It was <laughs> the principal of Paul Junior High School. And his his daughter didn't even go to Paul. The daughter went to deal. She she didn't even go to Paul where the principal taught Paul. I mean, was the was the principal Paul? The father did not even send his daughter to where he even principal at the school he was
0: at. So why do you think was interesting? Why do you think Paul was dysfunctional?
1: Dysfunctional? when you had a lot of dropout rate. You had a lot of people working the halls. You had people who stayed back two or three times should not have been in there. There's nowhere 16 year olds to so be, but a 12 year old. There's oh. nowhere that that you got people 18 in the eighth grade. You know those those people should have been moved on no because now they 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 bully. They they're nuisance to the school. They're bullying other kids. They're doing those kind of behaviors. It wasn't a safe environment for learning. A lot of times you went there, you, you were in the survival mode. So from Paul, even though Shepherd Park moved me one way, now when I went into that neighborhood, it moved me in another way. Because I saw things that I never saw before. So you had to get accustomed. I had to get accustomed, but I had to use survival te- techniques to try to make it through.
0: Yeah.
1: So then I got to cut my hair a little shorter. I got to talk a little certain way. I got to talk a little cooler. I got to get a little swag me. You know, the first day of school, I got my lunch from They bullied me. They were taking my lunch with I had to learn how to fight. I had to learn how to do those things. I was forced to do that. I was too scared to go back home to my dad and tell him what was going on. I didn't want him to see that like I was a assault or punk or something like that or tell my brother. Well, we haven't heard the word punk in so long. So punk, oh yeah, like, there's a sucker punk, that's you, we use. But the kids at that time wanted to be gangsters. It's like the kids of the day want to be thugs. So the, a, certain, a few kids wanted to be gangsters. The gangster look within, you know, I'm a gangster. But being tough and stuff like that was, was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, James, um, we're
0: going to conclude here on episode one about the neighborhood. Um, We will probably get back next week to talk about episode two. And could you just give us a little insight about episode two? This is so exciting just to have the history behind Shepherd Park and how we as a community, how there are pockets within the metropolitan area that where we have control and we've controlled our children to a point where they become very successful in their lives and to ensure that they are educated in the way that they should be, even though they may have um, ran some bumps along the way. And you will definitely walk us through all of that, your life, and how things have changed for you as you progress. Right. right?
1: So the next episode, I want to show you, this is why I was giving a backstory about the neighborhood I came in, that so I went out to my neighborhood to be a cool. And how it changed And you. how it changed me, and, and how, the things that I, how I looked at people at that particular time. Um, the next chapter will be called The Legend. The okay. Legend of, of Priests Reborn. Coming from Shepherd Park, becoming a street legend. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why I became, how I became that street legend.
0: I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> that. Um, now
1: all this is going to lead up to me getting on drugs, and eventually, I'll tell that story you know, some of the events that happened during that time period. And then also, we want to close it out about the deliverance. How I got delivered from it. But right now, it's just the backstory so people get an idea of who I am and what I was into, how I became the person I became through, through a certain period of time, mm-hmm. and how I changed into the monster at one particular time. And then we'll talk about it. Can't imagine being a monster. Now. Yeah, yes, man. I was a monster. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you all for listening to the Wanda Show. I'm looking forward to hearing Jane's second episode, The Legend. I thank you all for listening. And if you all have any questions for Jane, if you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out to me, to send me a text or whatever. But thank you all for listening and have a good night. And before you close up, I
1: just want to uh, thank Wanda for giving me this opportunity to share my story again, and hopefully at the end, it can help somebody, think, whatever they
0: want to, uh, we'll be able to give you some scriptures later on. I think you will. I think it will, James. Um, I think this is a great opportunity to hear from an African-American male who have uh, been on both sides of the coin, right? Who come from a very good family and then decided to go outside of the, um, the comfort of his environment to see how the other side lives. So thanks. Once again, thank you for thank joining you. Thank me. You thank you for being here and um supporting hearing your second um episode, the legends. The legend, thank, thank you, have a good too, That was pretty good.